Welcome to another episode of Kodo Cinema, the podcast show where I talk about movies. I'm your host, Mark Kodo, a.k.a. Kodo Man. So, with uh, Kodo Cinema Christmas Month still in action, I thought I would like to talk about a, uh, a superhero movie that takes place during the uh, during the holiday seasons. And, and one of them that I want to talk about, plus I'm doing another collaboration. Well, actually, before I talk about the movie, I want to, want to welcome back uh, DJ Apollo, a.k.a. Christian Taylor of Tales of Music and Film. Christian, welcome back. Yeah, thank you, Mark. I appreciate the invite. Um, so, yeah, my name is Christian Taylor and a uh, huge Batman fan. Um, and I uh, just wanted to show you guys. Um, so I was just showing Mark these. Um, I collect VHS tapes and I have both the Tim Burton Batman movies on VHS. Now, when I was a kid, I was super obsessed with the Tim Burton Batman films, especially the first one. Like, I could recite, like, every Joker line from the first Tim Burton movie. Like, I think Jack Nicholson is one of the best Jokers ever. Um, His lines in, in the first movie are so iconic and... uh Wait till you get a load. Wait till we are here today to, yeah, that's then, a good one. Um, how have you ever heard of the healing power of laughter? <laughs> Just <laughs> uh, love them, love them, man. So iconic. And then uh, Batman Returns, I did have some mixed feelings on. I believe yeah. is that the film we're talking about today, Mark? Yes, that is, that is actually the film that we're going to talk about, Batman Returns. And in fact, uh, just to let everybody, just to let you all know. Um, Christian and I, um, we we've talked about uh, we we talked about different Batman films before. Like we talked about the uh, we talked about the we talked about the Dark Knight trilogy. I, I mean, obviously, I don't think you were here for the Dark Knight Rises, right? No, um, I was not. Um, but yeah, I've been a Batman fan my whole childhood. I remember you and I and other classmates. We all we all went to go see uh, Batman twenty twenty two with Robert That's Pattinson. Right. That's and, right. We went to see the dude, Batman with Robert Pattinson, and yeah, the Batman. Yep, the Batman. The very first Batman movie I saw in theaters was Dark Knight, and that and the Dark Knight is still my favorite Batman movie of all time. It's a masterpiece, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, I I agree with you, Christian. Like the Dark Knight, uh, still still holds up as the best Batman movie, and um. Not just from from the direction of Christopher Nolan, but everybody's gonna remember the Dark Knight because of the performance of Heath Ledger as the Joker. As the Joker. Yeah, you know, it's just kind of those rare things. Like he overshadows like everybody in that. Like he was the best part of the movie, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and hey, I, I still love Christian Bale as uh, Batman, but uh, but but also well, Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson was also good too. And uh, oh my goodness! Uh, just a just a go off topic a little bit. I still remember the Christian. I still remember the night when you, me, and a boatload of our of our other classmates from the WEIU TV and radio station. We all went to see that on opening night. 
Yeah, that was one of the most epic movie theater experiences of my life. But um, you know, it's 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 funny. Like this will be an interesting talk because to tell you the truth, Mark, I don't hear that many people talk about Batman Returns very much. Yeah, that's 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 because like when you're in because in the fandom, everybody talks about you know the Christopher Nolan movies, the first Tim Burton movie, mm-hmm. or. Any animated Batman films, Mask of the Phantasm, The Red Hood, The Killing Joke, The Long Halloween, you know, like all those. But I'm I I never hear anyone talk about Returns. I don't yeah. like I don't know. Now I mean it is this film does get a lot of a lot of hate, it feels like. And I'm not sure. I, what so Mark, I was really wanting to ask you, what is your take on this? Do you think this movie was a good sequel? To me, I thought it was a good follow up to the to the to the uh, 1989 original from Tim Burton because I thought the right. stakes I thought the stakes were a little higher than the first than the first film. I mean, think about it. Like back in the uh, because think about it. Like superhero movies weren't as big back back in the back in the day until the late 90s going into the 2000s and especially with batman well also superman as well because we had the christopher reeve supermans that came out that came out plus the adam adam west batman for michael keaton's batman with the collaboration of tim burton in the sequel i thought like the stakes were up there and plus the uh the the plus you have more villain he had a couple more villains coming coming in from the batman lore and then and I thought, and for me, I thought it was just like taking taking the story in a in a different in a in a different direction, while also while also paying 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 tribute to the to the first Batman as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I get that, but I think I didn't watch. To be honest with you, I didn't watch Returns that many times growing up. I mean, I I was in love with the first Tim Burton film, uh, but Returns I watched. A lot, but not not nearly as much as eighty nine, right? But I enjoyed Returns for what it was, but I didn't watch it a whole lot because I found it to be a little too dark. The tale, like, like, dude, this movie's story is so depressing. Like, that's one of the things. Like, I with eighty nine sample, you know, you had a lot of moments to laugh, like with like. With Jack Nicholson's Joker, you know? Yeah. And Batman Returns, there's, like, not one, like, happy scene in it. Think about this. Like, you have the three main characters on the front. Like, you have Batman, who is, you know, Bruce Wayne. He's living in his mansion all by himself. No love interest whatsoever. And it's Christmas, you know? Right. And then you have Oswald Cobblepot, who's Penguin. Right. And, you know, literally, like you said, movie opens up, his parents dump his carriage into a, a river. Yeah. Like... Horrified of what, because of, they're horrified of him because, you know, the movie opens up with the wife giving birth and the husband walks in and then you, you, we don't see it. Like the doctor walks out of the room looking horrified and the father walks in the room right after then you just hear him screaming yeah like like the thing was like they're giving birth to uh oswald cobblepot although it's just the fact that uh oswald was a um uh, um uh, 
a monster, like a, like an animal, an animal. Yeah, and then we get the scene of them strolling the child, and then they dump him, you know, into a little water gateway that take that takes the carriage down into the sewers. Yeah, and the fact is, like, I and the fact is, like, here's the thing: couple couple of facts about this. Um, uh, the parents of uh of the cobble now the cobblepot uh family, the parents, um. They're actually played by um, one of them is being played by uh, Paul Rubens of P of from Pee Wee Pee Wee Herman Paul Rubens mm-hmm. like from Tim to which Tim Burton directed the Pee Wee the Pee Wee movie that came out in 1985 and then there was another actor who played uh, Cobblepot's mom I forgot the name Paul Rubens is the one that came to my mind in in the opening scene where he played um uh, yeah Tucker. dude what. Um, I just thought it was crazy that I didn't realize it was him until like many years later. I, I, that just blew my mind. I, I, oh my gosh, that's Pee Wee Herman. Like I didn't realize it, you know? Yeah. And uh, Diane, Diane Sollinger, Diane Sollinger, um, who, uh, who, who was also in the, P- who was also in the Pee Wee movie with Paul Rubens. She played, um, um, she played the, she played the mom. Okay. And then, you know, that's depressing, you know. You, like the, you're a child, and your parents don't want you, so they just dump you in a water thing, and then, then you have Catwoman, yeah, you know, being played by Michelle Pfeiffer, Selena Kyle, and like, what happens to her? Yeah, she gets she gets bullied by her boss, and then her boss proceeds to push to her, push out, her out a window, and then she falls to her death in an alley. And then she gets brought back to life and then just starts going down a a killing spree, like going on a, a revenge quest. And before yeah. that scene happens, we find out, you know, she's living all alone in her apartment. Like in her apartment, yeah. Her apartment. Like I, I realized like I realized that in her apartment, yeah, she's all she's all alone, but it's also pink too. Like she's living. Yeah, yeah, there's apartment. a lot of pink lights, you know, and yeah. stuff. And she has like a bunch of cats in it. Yeah. You see that's the thing though it's like it is so miserable and sad like all the way through like you have all three of our characters have been screwed over by the world like bruce lost his parents you know mm-hmm. and then you know cobblepot never got to know his parents then selena kyle, yeah, selena kyle. You know, is all alone living a miserable life working a miserable job you know it's just like it's so sad it is too, like you know, it just yeah. like the, I, when you're thinking about that, you know, just the, our characters are living very sad lives and they don't get better, right? You know? By the end of the movie, it's they're living the same miserable lives, like they're not like their lives didn't in, like improve in any way. It's still sad. Yeah, it's still sad too, especially for um, especially for uh, the penguin Oswald Cobblepots. Like he met his demise at the end of the movie, like. Like the way how he was killed off too. Like Batman, I'll I'll, I'll admit, like their Batman and Penguin spied was pretty cool. Was pretty cool. Like I like the fight between the two, because um, because even though it was short, but the way how it was that uh, how it, the way how it was short, like Oswald just wanted revenge too because Batman or should I say Bruce Wayne foiled his uh, <clears throat> mayor electoral speech and. <laughs> Yeah, and he's like, 
because because uh, in the movie because we find out in the movie like batman had this uh disc he puts it in his batmobile where he got hijacked by the penguin's crew member and he picks up everything that the penguin said he's like hey just relax i'll take care of the squealing pinhead puppets of gotham you got a bit I play the stinking city like a harp from hell. <laughs> and mm-hmm. he plays it during his speech. Yeah. It's just like, he got you. He got you. And let's be honest. Like the, yeah. the little bit, the little bit, the little bit where my, where uh, Bruce scratches the disc. That was the icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. But, yeah. But, but yeah, but this is like when because at one point in the movie, like the penguin, like the penguin, because Oswald was just basically living in the sewers his whole his whole life. But once like, but the thing was, he came up with this plan with uh, um, Max Shrek, who's being played by Christopher Walken, and also uh, just to throw this out there, uh, Danny DeVito plays uh, the penguin, and he wanted to, he wanted his plan because he wanted to see the real, he wanted to be be back up in the real world. Doesn't even realize that his parents tossed him as a ba- tossed him as a baby. But then he wants to get a second second chance at life. And at one point, at one point, it looks like he was. But at the same time, he's still this animalistic monster that he that he is. And that's that's also what gets him back to the suit to the sewers because he's still even though yeah he wants a second chance at life but he's still he's still got that villainy animalistic uh personality that he is because i think because at the end of the movie he he was he is killed by he was killed by the end although i want to say by batman but by his own power because in the water in the sewer waters that he lives he dumps toxic chemicals in that water in that water and that and and when the penguin fell like i don't know how many stories from the ground from the ground up like it's just it just mind boggles me like how he got this how he got destroyed by his own by his like by his own creep by his own creation because at first i thought it was regular water i mean christian if you know the scene i'm talking about right ending scene yeah i do he's like like uh, he he steals Bruce's he steals Batman's detonator. He presses the button, and then it makes all the penguin like the army penguin rockets shoot off, and it like blows up his fortress or something. Yeah. Then he then Batman starts walking towards him. He slowly starts backing up, not noticing that there's a glass window right like right behind them, and he right. falls backwards and like and then he falls into the talk to- the toxic water. Right. Um, and his bats, I think his bat and Batman's bats uh um like were 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 doing the job too. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, there were bats flying all around him too. Yeah. And that's what that's what that's what that's what led to him falling through the glass. Mm-hmm. And of course falling into the water. And let's be honest, like he is uh, the penguin, to quote him, he's basically a cold blooded animal and penguins uh penguins penguins hang out in cold areas like like antarctica and cold water which makes sense but oswald fell into his own watery grave that is full of the toxic of the toxic waste and his death though i'll be honest with you it is it is probably one of the most brutal deaths i've seen but also sad too 
this is it's depressing too and this ending scene i actually almost teared up because i i almost feel bad for this i almost feel bad i really i feel i want to feel bad for this for for this guy because cobblepot was tossed aside as a kid into the sewers wants a second chance at life but knowing the fact that he still he still possesses this animal personality but gets destroyed by his own creation and even even his penguin, even the penguins, even the rest of the penguins, like slip him into his watery grave. And same, the music, and the music says it all at the end, because Danny Elfman's music really brings in that somber, depressing tone to that scene, to to Penguin's death. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, it's just like this guy has not gotten one ounce of love his whole life, you know. And then he just dies all alone, and then his penguins just drag him into the wa- the water. As a viewer, you're just like, "Damn, man, this is depressing." You know, it's like this guy never even gotten a hug once, and then you know, it, it's just like, man, you know, just, yeah. just yeah, it's just just a sad ending in general. Right. Um, now, um, also to add, now also to ask this, um. Danny DeVito as uh, Oswald Cobblepot the Penguin. Like, what did you think of him as as a uh, as a well, villain? Well, you see, okay, so I, I think about it like this. I think with Tim's movies, he was. I think he was trying to do more of the classic looks of the characters in their betrayals. Like he wasn't doing like realism by any means. You know, it's Batman movies. Like we don't we don't have to worry necessarily about realism. Like as far as the atmosphere goes, I think Tim got got it down perfectly in both films. So, like Jack Nicholson's Joker, Danny DeVito's Penguin, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, they all felt like they came straight out of the comic books. Like right, the costumes, their appearances, I thought were perfection, and their acting, bringing those characters alive. I thought the actors nailed it. I they, thought so they too. felt like comic book accurate, you know. Like the I for like the I the the comic books from like the 30s to 40s and 50s like mm-hmm. they had those styles down perfectly. They felt like the classic betrayals that we see in the comics. So I think they right. got that down perfectly. I thought so too. I, Although you know I I do I do I, I mean I wish I wish the penguin still had like you know like I mean he had the top hat on too. Plus, you know, plus in one scene when he was looking through like all the files of of like birth certificates of different children of different kids, like he wears this um he wears this eyeglass. I forgot what, I don't know what it's called, but like that's one. Of, but like but that's like one of his like traditional penguin looks. Like he has a top hat. He wears this like glass eyepiece that he wears that that he wears. Yeah, that one, that one, the one that he wears on his face. The one that he wears on his face, like it's like a part of a glass. It's like part of a glasses. Yeah, like, yeah. Don't know what it's yeah, called. yeah. Don't know what it's called, but but I mean, I really I, wish that I, was. Like, I've seen those before. Yeah, but I do like how um he wore that for a little bit. Plus, that gives you like the like that gives you like that comic book re- that comic book callback of where like he wear like how he wears a top hat, that little glass that little glass eyepiece that he wears for a little bit. I mean. He still wears the nice suit too. I mean, that's great. I mean, hey, that's like the mm. penguin look that that comic book fans would recognize. And as for Batman, I mean, come on, is there anything else to say about uh, Michael Keaton's Batman? I mean, it's been thirty. It's been already been thirty years 
since it's already been 30 years since uh, Batman Returns came out because this came out in 1992 and and Michael Keaton, boy, he still he still holds up as 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 an as an amazing yeah, yeah absolutely and yeah he's I, a uh, he's just a great Batman in general and yeah. to, to see him return in the Flash movie was i mean as far as i'm concerned he was the best part about the flash movie yes um i mean but i do feel bad for my he i feel bad for him now because apparently there they had a lot of projects lined up for him to play batman but when James Gunn took over DC, all those projects were canceled. Yes, yes. I felt bad. And I, I really the felt Flash bad movie because... bombed. And then like, I do know that they ended up cutting a lot of stuff from it, which I think really hurt the movie. I mean, to tell you the truth, I was really disappointed with the Flash movie. I didn't like it very much. The only good thing about it, in my opinion, was Michael Keaton coming back to play Batman. Yeah. But that, like... I don't want to change subject. I will say this. I found The Flash to be extremely disappointing. Mm -hmm. I think it could have been way better than what it was. And I think one of the reasons why it didn't work is because I, I know that a lot of stuff was cut from this. So I don't know yes. if like, I don't know if like someday we'll get like a director's cut of it. I, I don't know. But yeah. personally, I, mean, I, I was very disappointed. And the fact we're never going to get to see the Batgirl movie breaks my heart a little bit. Like, I would love to get to see that still, but I don't know. Um, but yeah, I Keaton mean, deserves better. You know, it's like I was really hoping that we would get a Batman three with him. I would have loved to have gotten to see that. You know, yeah, and, like it would but, be amazing too because um because uh, because the, because the original idea was because uh, I mean I know we're I know we're still I, I mean. I mean, wow, we're going we're going a little off topic because like the sequel, the end of the movie, the end of the Batman Returns, shows um shows the bat signal and Catwoman and Catwoman, which indicates that a possible that a, a possible sequel is is gonna happen with uh, not only Catwoman but but with Michael Keaton's Batman, but unfortunately they went with um. The Riddler and Two Face, which which is not a bad idea. I I like the I liked uh, I like the idea. I mean, to be honest, I I actually liked Riddler a little more than Two Face in Batman Forever because I'm 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 a big Jim Carrey guy. I, I like Jim Carrey, but um yeah, person, I want to tell you this too. Um, one of the ideas in Batman Returns was that there were there were there were plans to have Harvey Dent in the in the Batman Returns movie and. And they were gonna plan to have him transform into Two Face, like near the end of Batman Returns, setting up his villainous role in the third movie. Oh, uh, okay. Because I heard that, and Tim Burton's idea is Batman Three. Um, he was going to cast. Uh, they they were going to bring back. I can't remember the actor's name. He played Lando oh, Billy in the D. Williams. movies, and he played. Yeah, they're gonna bring him back to be Two Face. Then they're gonna have Robin Williams, funny enough, crazy to play Riddler. That would have been interesting. I don't know why. I just can't imagine. I don't know. Like, like Robin Williams playing a villain in a Batman movie. It's like, 
like, like there's something, you know, I don't, I don't, that would have been crazy to see, you know, Yeah, that would have been crazy to see. Like, I mean, I love Jim Carrey. I, I love can't Jim imagine Carrey. him being a villain. I don't know why. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I can't imagine that. I mean, he's got the comedic chops because the Riddler in some incarnations, he is very comedic, but he's still, he's still an intimidating threat too. Even in the Robert Pattinson Batman movie with Paul Dano as the Riddler, like he came out as a Zodiac killer in in that in that movie compared to what Jim Carrey had in uh, Batman Forever. Uh huh. Yeah. On a side note, so if you, if you actually if you go on YouTube, you can actually find archive footage of like kids being interviewed about what they thought of returns and they're all saying they thought it was way too dark. Like they thought it was too dark of a material for a kid's movie. Tim was hit with a lot of bash and that led to him dropping out of doing Batman three. And yeah. without him, Keaton, I think walked, he walked out as well because he didn't want to do it without Tim at the wheel, if you will. So yeah, that was the reason why. And to tell you the truth, I can understand where a lot of people were coming from. Although I do think this movie did get a little too much hate. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like people, like it's Batman. It's supposed to be dark, you know, and silly. Now, yeah. Returns is a lot darker than the first movie. I will admit that. But I mean, I feel like people got way too negative, in my opinion, with this movie. I don't think it was as bad as people make it out to be. Yeah. Now, there I is mean, a lot of stuff that happened to us that I don't agree with. Like, um, in both Tim Burton movies, Batman kills people a, a lot. Yes, and, and that, that was thinking, too, well because uh, Batman Returns, like, you see, like, this is like in Batman Returns. Like there was a lot, there was a little more action in that in that in Batman Returns. It's particularly with the movie's opening because in the opening because outside of the outside of the opening sequence where uh, Cobblepot got tossed into the sewers by his parents, um, the opening like you get this you get this circus gang that just that just interrupts a christmas christmas light celebra- a christmas tree celebration and gordon commissioner gordon waves the signals the bat signal for batman to come and here's the thing every time i hear the i see the bat signal and danny elfman's batman theme i get chills i i get chills i i firmly believe that danny elfman's score for batman it's the best Batman theme. Dude, Batman 1989, when we hear the theme for the first time, while well, the camera is like zooming through that bat the bat cave and we see like all the text showing yeah. up on the screen, like Danny Elfman composed the best Batman score he as far did. as I'm concerned. He did. And he did. And I get chills too every time I hear yeah. it. And when when Batman like and especially when the theme's still going when Batman was uh driving to uh Gotham City, down to I'm pretty sure it's downtown Gotham City, but like he like he goes into he goes into town right away. Like he uses his Batmobile to take out um he takes out uh two, four different guys four different guys, two of them on walking sticks. And two of them on motorcycles, looking like looking like a bunch of skeletons. That even Tim Burton. Pretty sure there were ideas for Jack Skellington, but don't quote me on that because this movie came out before Nightmare Before Christmas that Tim Burton also did. And he and Batman, like Batman, just like 
he just drives them all over. He drives them to town, like especially especially when he yeah. came across this, especially when he came across Selena Kyle, and this one and this one guy and this one guy who is holding holding her hostage and and this guy was, and then Batman pulls out his grappling hook, fires it at the wall, and ha <laughs> you missed. No, he didn't. He pulls pulls the wall out, and a chunk of it just hits 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 the guy in the back of the head. Saving Selena Kyle. Yeah, I mean, and then meanwhile, you have a scene where he straight up straps a bomb to one of Penguin's henchmen, and then he smiles at the bad guy after doing so, and then he socks him, falls in the sewer, <laughs> and blows up. I'm just like, what? The guy made the bomb, and Batman was the one who strapped it to him and turned it on, and then he socks him and he pulls in the sword like, yeah like like bat like dude bat the first 1989 batman we he's in the batwing when the mm -hmm. the parades going on and he presses the button two turret miniguns come out of the batwing and then he, he he literally blows down Joker's henchmen with the machine guns. I'm like, this is not Batman, <laughs> you know. And then to go back to Batman Returns, like here, I'm gonna use this little car as an example. So he's in his Batmobile, right? And then <laughs> yeah, there's a guy who like breathes fire, and he mm -hmm. shoots fire at the Batmobile. Batman turns the Batmobile around and yeah. then turns on the booster and then it, yes. it shoots out a fire. Like he, the, he torches the guy with a yes. with a flamethrower, basically. <laughs> like it, yes, it's just I, like, I remember that. Like, I remember that too, because like like he just like he 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 burns the guy he burns the guy alive. And yeah, this is so funny. Like you know, you actually, you know something. Actually, now that you mentioned, now, now that I think about it, this is actually probably one like, like Danny. I feel like Danny Elfman went over the top with the mute with the music in terms of the action sequences too, because, because the opening battle, yeah. Because you had the opening battle. Then there was another battle where there was another battle, and then there was another battle in the sit in the city where uh, Batman was taking out most of the goons. Plus, plus he had this little dog who took. Batman's battering after Batman knocked out three of Penguin's men, three of Penguin's men, and then the dog just walks away. You get this crazy musical number. We get this crazy musical number where the dog just like rocks away. It's like, like, I feel like this was Danny Elfman going over the top with the music, and then, um, yeah, and then um, what? And then what else? Um, um. Speaking of, I mean, I, speaking of which, um, I feel like this is Danny. I feel like this is one of Danny Elfman's best musical scores because there are moments, like like I said, there were over the top moments in this action sequence too. But even for Selena Kyle during her Catwoman transformation, like you listen, you hear the strings. The string section is making this weird noise. It's making this meow. It's like trying to get the meow noise. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a little, yeah. And uh, just for a, a little, I want I wanted to get this out before I forget. So for for all you listening or watching to this, um, uh, Tim Burton, his whole film catalog, he's a very 
how would you say it? An emo-ish director. And gothic. A lot of... Tim Burton likes doing gothic. That's hard. Thank you. Tim Burton, a good majority of his films are very gothic field. Mm -hmm. And he likes doing darker stuff like Batman movies, Beetlejuice. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, Corpse Bride, and yep. then his newest project, he he's directing the Wednesday TV show with Jenna Ortega on Netflix. Uh, season one's currently on there. Yes, that and one I think they're awesome. getting ready awesome. to do season two. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah. I, I actually like oh, yeah, the Wednesday dude, Adam yeah. shows. They could not have found a better guy to direct that than Tim Burton. Like, Wednesday is... She literally looks like a character Tim would have came up with. You know, yes. like she fits his film style perfectly. And now he just wrapped up filming for uh, Beetlejuice 2, which, funny enough, has Jenna Ortega in it as well. Same I, with Michael I'm very Keaton. excited to see. Michael yeah, Keaton. Yeah, Michael Keaton coming back too. Yeah. There's also a running joke. If, he, if Tim ever does a movie, you already know that Danny Elfman's doing the score. Like, yes. I, I, Tim, it's like, it's like, you know how, like, John Williams does the scores for, like, almost every George Lucas or Steven Spielberg movie? Yes, yes. Same with Tim Burton. That's well. like, that's like Danny Elfman with uh, Tim Burton. Like, I think Tim hires him to do every score. Yeah. Actually, for, like, he did, every movie. Actually, uh, I think there was one, actually, the Ed Wood movie, uh, Danny Elfman was not on, was Danny Elfman didn't do the Ed Wood movie. That that came out in the '90s too. Uh, it was it was Howard yeah. Shore, so uh, I think Danny Elfman missed out on one da- on one Tim Burton project for for a reason. I think yeah. I think, think Danny Elfman and Tim Burton probably had different reasons behind of what went down. But but yes, I I do agree. But yes, I do agree. Uh, with when it comes to like Tim Burton movies, you kind of know what to expect, especially with Danny Elfman hopping on yeah. board to like write the score. Yeah, and then also, um, Helena Helena Carter and Johnny Depp, those are like the two actors. Like they appear in like a good majority of his projects. Like yes, um, uh, they they voiced the main characters in Corpse Bride. They were both in. Um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, there's that. Um, they were both in Sweeney Todd. Yes, that's it. Thank you. Wait, wait, I forgot. Uh, Danny Elfman didn't do Sweeney Todd. Danny Elfman didn't do Danny Elfman didn't do Sweeney Todd. It was uh Stephen Sondheim because um the Sweeney Todd movie is based on an actual play, Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, two two Tim Burton films that I mean a couple a few Tim Burton films that Danny Elfman didn't do. So Sweeney Todd and Edward and there's probably one other film but that, those are the films that came to my mind that Danny Elfman didn't do with uh Tim Burton. But um but yeah, but yeah. I feel like like Batman but with Batman Returns like like the yeah, but Batman Returns like that was like one of his like that's what I feel like. That was one of D- Danny Elfman's best scores in terms of like going over the top with the music for with with, with Tim Bur- with Tim Burton's Batman Returns. And 
there's like and the his music keeps on going for 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 other action sequences too like batman's first fight with catwoman including um the batmobile being hijacked that is so crazy it's so crazy too because batman's batmobile got hijacked and danny elfman's music like is over the top like you do hear the batman theme but it's combined with a circus you get a circus feel to it because this is like the red triangle circus gang that the penguin had and and with batmobile and and with that playing in the background during the whole batmobile sequence being hijacked i mean it's one of the best but also one of the funniest scenes in that movie because Batman doesn't even realize that his Batmobile was hijacked until an object was under his under his Batmobile, and then he just takes it out, it takes it out, yeah. goes back to reality, and goes back to reality. Mm-hmm. Like, what did you think of that sequence? Yeah, well, I liked the movie a lot, and when I mean, and to to go a little more into detail about that, so in the movie, the reason why the Batmobile gets hijacked is that. Oswald comes up with this plan to make it look like Batman's killing people for no reason. Like we have the scene in the in in Gotham Square in front of the in front of the town hall where they're getting ready to light the the Christmas tree, and then uh, the lady that was supposed to to turn the flip on the lights was thrown from a building. Then she falls to her death. And then she lands on present while bats are flying around her. Yeah, it's like a Christmas. It felt it and felt then, like a Christmas. It felt like a, it felt like a Christmas gift from. Uh, it felt like a, a Christmas gift from Batman. It's like, Merry Christmas! Here's your here's your Christmas present. A, a bunch of swarming bats trying to ruin your Christmas. Even though it wasn't Batman yeah. doing it, this was the Penguin setting him up. Yeah, but yeah, Penguin was setting him up, and then. That's when he took control of the Batmobile to make it look like he was fleeing from police. I can't remember if there's anything else that he does, but those are the two that I can think of off the top of my head. I know he, I know he set up the first attack. The Penguin set up the first attack and captured uh, Max Shrek that Christopher Walken played. Uh, I know he, I know he, he was the one. I mean, uh, Penguin, the Penguin was the one who sent out the first attack. The Circus Gang inside that huge present. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest with you, like the circus, the whole circus gang, it got me Joker vibes because here's the the thing, because I didn't think the circus, I mean, I thought the circus gang was cool, but why it got me Joker vibes? Because it reminded me of the Joker. Don't you think the circus gang would have, would have, would have made, would have been better henchmen to the Joker than the penguin? Well, I thought it. I thought the uh, the circus gang worked very well for him, but yes, it would make way more sense that they were Joker henchmen because you know Joker's classic idea is that he's a clown. Mm-hmm. And then you have Harley Quinn who dresses up in that outfit and uses the giant wooden hammer. Yep. You know that you would use at a carnival. You know for the uh, the games that you could play. So yeah, that would make more sense. Yeah, as Joker henchmen, but I think in the text of this movie, I think they work for for uh, Penguin because the way you, I I think the way you need to look at it is that the circus gang are looked at as freaks. Yeah, and um, just like Penguin. Yeah, because and at one point, um, this circus gang that the Penguin uh, 
was with. I mean, at one point they were popular until this whole the whole show shut down because of all the reports and accusations of of the circus gang taking taking cho- taking the children away. Right. And uh, that okay. was actually another thing that actually uh that was also brought into the film like how like the end of the movie where penguins uh like the penguin was literally plotting to take all the firstborn sons and I don't want to go too deep into th- I don't want to go too deep into this cuz that because what the penguin was doing was oh damn that was messed up yeah. that was messed up I mean let's be honest um yeah it's not a kids film it's like here's the thing it's not a kids film it's not even meant to be a kids film it's PG-13 for a reason like the first two batman movies they were PG-13 yeah they are yeah, yep. the first two were PG thirteen, so it's like, yeah, I mean PG thirteen, like, yeah, I mean thirteen and up, but like, dang, dang, like, where they went with that movie, like, yeah, guys- I mean, I think with both of Tim Tim's Batman movies, I think he pushed the PG thirteen rating to the farthest that it could go, because both movies get away with stuff for for a PG thirteen movie, like. Literally in the first movie, remember when Joker literally crisps a guy? Yes, like yes, I remember that. He has the the shocker on his hand, and mm-hmm. he shakes hands with the guy, and then the guy gets electrocuted so bad to the point he's literally a, he's he's a, he's, he's roasted. He has smoke coming off of him. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Like, I remember that. And then, like, I mean, yeah, yeah, I can definitely see where you're coming from because, like, um, right how the PG, like, you know, like how Indiana Jones, the Indiana Jones movies, and there are also other movies that Sp- Steven Spielberg did. He was pushing the he was pushing that PG rating to the PG thirteen territory. This is basically Tim Burton trying to push into R rated territory. Oh yeah, very much. And both movies have very dark like story material, you know, that there ain't no way they would work in today's movies. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, the the you, stuff yeah. that Tim got away with <laughs> in those films, they wouldn't work in today's, you know, realm. Yeah. I, I feel mean, like in today's yeah. world, his movies would get an R rating. I or I, I think they I think his movies if his movies had been made today, I guarantee you they both would have gotten an R rating. I think I, so. I, I mean, even Sam Raimi was pushed. Even Sam Raimi and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness uh, went into a little bit of that R-rated territory for for his movie as well. Let's not forget that because there was a lot yeah, of like violence. Sam. Yeah, Sam always pushes his ratings to the max. Like, heck, I would even argue like. In the first, and like maybe in the first Spider-Man movie, there was a couple of things he got away with, like like Goblin getting impaled with his glider at the end of the movie. Like that was pretty, that pretty was, violent, you know. That like, was violent too. Yeah, but with Batman Returns, like like Tim Burton, like Tim Burton, and whoever wrote, and and then there's probably a couple other people who wrote the screenplay because Tim Burton didn't write this movie. He he directed and produced the movie. But the way how it was written, like, you have one of Penguin's men getting blown up in a sewer. You have uh, Penguin's death 
who's spewing out blood from his mouth and just like and die and literally dies from after because because of the toxic because of the toxic chemicals in that water that he put in. You also have like like all of Penguin's men yeah, take, um... taking the child taking the children taking the children or capturing the children. Plus, <clears throat> uh, may I bring up <clears throat> Catwoman? Selena Kyle Catwoman. Um, yeah, like, dude, like... while we're on this topic, yeah, what about the scene where she, you know, fries Christopher Walken's character to a, to a crispy human being? Like, Batman finds his charted corpse like afterwards there's like nothing left of him yeah and um, i'm gonna say this too i think that like was that was the dude i'm like how the heck did they get away with that yeah uh going back to what i said about about two-face because i think this is this would have set up um harvey dent's two-face like like i feel like he would have been a, i mean uh -huh. i don't know how his comic book origins started for that but i do know but i do i mean obviously i've seen dark knight i know uh harvey dent was burnt but like electrocuted at the end of batman returns and being knocked out i mean i i i don't know how i feel about that but i feel like it would probably at least set up for batman forever i mean what do, what do you think like do you think like harvey that would have been harvey dent's origin story in like the batman movies um, to be two-face yeah i mean i think it would have worked if they had went through with that for the movie i mean yeah. they could have had him get you know he could have had the acid splashed on him at the beginning and then like maybe like almost an hour in is when he goes evil or something you know yeah. like like we like the dark i like, do the dark knight Going back to that movie for for a minute, you know, like that, the Dark Knight, in my opinion, well, I think will always have the best Harvey Two Face portrayal. Like everybody talks about Heath Ledger's Joker, but uh, the actor who played Two Face in that, I think he deserves a lot of praise. He does as well. He does, and, and uh, they got uh, Two Face's entire villain origin in that one movie so i mean the, the dark knight could do it i mean i yeah. think that tim's batman 3 could have done it as well yeah. i mean as much as i love tommy lee jones as two-face i eh, i mean i don't know his perform. i mean i don't know two-face's whole i mean i know like his whole i mean it, i mean i thought it was just over the top and I thought it was just like over the top. Like, what did you think of Tommy Lee Jones as Two Face in Batman Three? I didn't like. Okay, I'll I'll put it like this: as a kid, I liked it a lot, but watching it as an adult now, um, it literally just feels like he did a he did a his a, a copy of Joker because that's why I thought that's too. not because in this movie, like he acts nothing like Two Face at all. He's just a reskin of jo of Joker, basically. Like he yeah. doesn't do anything. Uh, Joe. He doesn't do anything Two Face ish in this. Right. I mean, the makeup, as cool as the makeup was, and the suit, and the suit, and the coin. I mean, as cool as that was, I would take Dark Knight's Two Face 
over Tommy Lee Jones's two face any day. Yeah, exactly. Like and, Desert uh, Knight yeah. was the most accurate two face betrayal we've had yet. But in Batman Forever, it's just like. I mean, if you watch behind the scenes, like, Tommy Lee Jones did not care about this movie, like, at all. And mm-hmm. He was doing he was doing this movie just for the paycheck. Like, he didn't give a crap about this movie or the character. Like, I, he didn't even really try. Yeah. He just, I mean, like... I can see he, that. Like, I, like, he didn't want anything to do with this. Like, like he just did this for, for a, a good paycheck. So, I mean... He went into it not giving a crap. So I, I guess he's basically just a reskin of Joker. Like he destroys very, everything that makes Two Face cool. Yeah. But at, at the very but least, as a kid, I thought he was all right. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. But hey, um, <clears throat> at the very least, I mean, I mean, I know I've already talked about Penguin, but Catwoman. I haven't talked very much about Catwoman, but. You like Cab- Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, right? Um, yeah, I do. I mean, look, I didn't like her as a kid. I thought she was creepy, which I'm pretty sure that was supposed to be the idea. But um, I thought she did a really good job. Like I said, she really felt like you know that early ad- that early comic book adaption of Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Um. I still think the best Catwoman was probably the lady in Robert Pattinson's movie. Mm. Oh, Zoe Kravitz. I can't remember. Zoe Kravitz. That's yeah. right. Zoe, Zoe Kravitz. That's right. I still think that she's the best live action Catwoman we've gotten. Anne Hathaway's. I liked hers as well. I thought hers was pretty good. Um, mm. And Michelle Pfeiffer's. I really enjoyed her portrayal as well. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I it mean, was really goofy, you. but I mean, again, that, that was the idea. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest Like, what with did you, you think, Mark? I mean, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> she is a femme fatale. I will tell you this. She She's like a femme. She is basically a femme fatale in in, in Batman. She's just like, she's basically like your typical femme fatale, but at the same time, like, she still poses a threat at, for, for the most part. And Especially from Michelle Pfeiffer, and I and when when I see and Michelle Pfeiffer, like I still like Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman, but um, especially but when she goes toe to toe with Batman, it's just basically um, how do I how do I put together how do I put this together? Like at one point, I feel like Batman was holding back, but but no, at one but like do you, I feel like Batman for some parts he was holding back, but he's just like ah screwed nah screw this nah screw this 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 I I can't. I was like, ah, screw this. And like yeah, he punches yeah. cat he punches her in the face and she was like, How could you? I'm a woman. Batman's like, I'm sorry. Dude, in the arc in the Arkham video games, like he fought everybody equally. Like he did not give a crap. Like he treated all villains the same. Yeah. Um, like he went toe-to-toe with many females. Alphos. So like, I know he went toe to toe. I know at times he went toe to toe with Harley Quinn and uh Poison and Poison Ivy. But Catwoman, I know, mm-hmm. I know I know Batman's gone toe to toe with Catwoman multiple times, but 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 isn't Catwoman the love interest, one of the love interests to Batman? It depends on what you dash in, but I'm pretty sure in like every story they fall for each other at some point. Um 
And to tell you the truth, like Batman has had a lot of love interests, like, and I like you've had like like the dude. There's even comic books for him and Wonder Woman are a couple. Like, like there's a pairing I never thought I'd see, but <laughs> but Catwoman has always been. I've always loved him and and Catwoman. Like they're equals in my opinion. Like they're the best. They're like they're the best couple in my opinion. Yeah. I liked Batman being with like Talia Al Ghul. That's another love interest. I never loved her much. Selena has always felt to me like his equal. Yeah. Opinion. Yeah, but because like because I was talking about because the first fight a little bit he did held held back a little bit in that first fight, but. But 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 like even his second fight with Catwoman, he he didn't hold back. He did not hold back during that second fight. No. no. Yeah, he didn't hold. He did not hold back. He's just like he he like you hear the little clips, the little clips from both of them. Like Catwoman's like I haven't been. Fed. Someone said fish. I haven't been fed all day. Batman's like eat floor high fiber. Because early one because in one scene before that, um, it was just Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle just making out. And it was just at, at the manor, and uh, and then of course you got like they both got different emergencies going on, and the fact is as their as their secret identities of Batman and Catwoman is like I get that connection because this is just this is just Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle just fighting each other because because of their whole because of their early interaction because of their interaction they had early even you even get this quote from Catwoman saying. Hey, yeah. stud, I thought we had something together. We do. Headbutt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I like the dynamic between them. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer actually still owns... She owns the whip that she used in the movie. And a couple years ago, she did this pretty cool video in her backyard where she... Uh, had three Anakin heads and she took them all off like she still remembers all the tricks that she yeah. was taught and from the does, from the yeah. filmmaking yeah it's pretty cool how she still she's it's pretty cool that she uses the whip that's pretty cool yeah yeah uh, also i like, do love that little bit i don't know as an I, actress like she's she's amazing yeah michelle pfeiffer i i like michelle pfeiffer even in Ant, she was pretty good in Ant Man as well. Like she was good too. Yeah, you're saying. Um. Yeah. I was gonna say, like, I don't know if you remember this one other scene when it was just Batman and Catwoman under the mistletoe. Do you know? Do you remember this one quote that um um that they both said? Um, mistletoe can be dead. Mistletoe. I forgot. It was about that mistletoe quote, but a kiss can be deadly. Yeah, I think. I think you're right. I remember that part. Because yeah. they they shared a kiss under the tree. Um, they shared a kiss under the mistletoe. Yeah, that's in there. Something like sort that. Of. Anyway, yeah, I think you're right. Sort of. Mm -hmm. Sort of. Because. Uh, sort well, of. Yeah. Sort of. But um. But but other than that, like, the idea, especially the whole idea, like, now the, to backtrack, not to backtrack, like. Especially around Christmas time for the for for Batman, like, like I never come across oh. to this whole movie being depressing too. Like I still had fun with this movie. I still had fun with this movie, but, but the only time where, but but the only time, but the whole idea of having this movie take place on Christmas. I mean, it's a good idea, but 
never come across never I never come to think of that movie as being depressing. But now that you mention that because Batman because Batman, Catwoman and Penguin, all three of them went through different all went through different downturns in their life. And especially around the holidays, because it's supposed to be um because because it's supposed to be festive. Well, not for these three, not for these three, because they both because all three of them got screwed over in their in their lifetimes. Like like Christopher Walken screwed over Selena Kyle, uh Penguin's parents screwed them over, and then of course, uh um, obviously, I mean Bat the first Batman movie already set that in stone where um Joker the Joker took out Batman's parents, although it was Joe Joe Chill who took him out, but obviously movie movie wise it was Joker, Jack Jack Napier. I totally agree with you one hundred percent. Um but I think the depression aspect did play a role in the story overall, you know. Mm-hmm. That, you know, I th- I think it's kind of good for people to be reminded that the world is not kind to everyone. You know, Actually, like, yeah, a lot of people, life, life really, life screws us over at one point or another. Then it's up to us, then it's up to us to figure out how to, how to react yeah. to whatever happens to us. And you know what? I mean, now that you say that, like, uh, that's actually pretty good because, like, even though it's around the holidays, like, sometimes, like, it's depressing, too. Like, some people do have depressing holidays. Like, like Christmas Carol, for example, Scrooge doesn't like Christmas as much because he he himself had, uh, I mean, he himself is a greedy old man. But after being visited by the spirits, like, if you keep going down this path, path you'll not have a good life you'll end up dying being a hateful man but if you turn things around just a little bit just a little bit turn things around just a little bit life can get better life can get better but um but yes i do agree like but but yes i can understand why uh this this is like a bit depressing like i feel like the only character in my opinion is catwoman who turns around just a little bit like she lives at the end of the movie like she's still standing like she defeated she killed um yeah max shrek like max shrek tortured yeah selena all of her life all of her life yeah um you know while we're speaking about that um now this movie did have and I look going back to what I said, both of Tim's movies have a lot of goofy moments that I think worked for his style. But there are some things that happen in these films that just don't add up. It's first off, why does all of a sudden Catwoman have nine lives? Oh. And second off, why would cats licking and then on second and the other thing, why would cats Licking her body just bring her back to life. Like, how the heck does that work? You know, it's just like, it's like, like, wait, what? What? You know? And then it's like, oh, you you have nine lives now, by the way. Like, oh, because like Christopher Walken's character like has a loaded gun and he shoots her like five times, and then she just gets up and keeps walking. Like, what is happening? Like, like, like. What? Okay, just two lives down. I'll think I'll, I'll say one I guess, next Christmas. Can... In the meantime, yeah. 
How about a little <laughs> kiss, Santa Claus? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot she says that. Yeah. Like, ho, 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 man. The part that I love is that, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, the other part that I loved was um, um, when like Batman does a horrible job in this movie of keeping his identity hidden. Like Christopher Walken's character is standing right there, and then he just rips off the mask in front of Selena. It's just like like Bruce, you just blew your cover. <laughs> like this guy is now going like thank good like like. This guy knows that now that you're Batman. I like what if Selena hadn't have killed him? Like he would have exposed your identity to oh everybody. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's actually like, something. I never thought of that too, because I was yeah. shocked that when when Batman revealed his identity to Selena Kyle, knowing the fact that Max Shrek was right there. And it's just it's just mind it's mind-boggling too. Now, I'm just gonna go back to Two-Face for a second because let's just say this is Harvey Dent, Two-Face, standing in the shoes of Max Shrek, Christopher Walken, like like, like Christopher Walken's character. Let's just say Harvey Dent was standing in Christopher Walken's uh, character. Like, he would have he exposed Batman right away. Like, he would have exposed Batman right away. Like, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. I just want to tell you something. During my attack with Batman, I found out a secret identity. His identity is Bruce Wayne. What the fuck? Like, imagine yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, it ends like far, Spider-Man Far From Home. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, yeah, that was, just, that was just a few things with the movie where I was just kind of like, <laughs> like, okay. Um, but, um, uh, I thought this movie did have a very somberish ending. Like, I love the idea, like, Bruce uh, sees Selena running down an alley and he misses her, but he picks up one of the cats in the alley and takes it takes it home with them. And then he just tells Alfred, Merry Christmas. Then Alfred says, Merry Christmas, stand back. Then they just drive off, you know? Like, I like that. Yeah, I, I like that, It too. may seem like a small thing, but... Yeah, I, I really like that too, because like, like, because it's the same cat that cat that uh, Selena Kyle had at her apartment. But um, I, at the very least, it's it's a it's a very cute moment too. But it's a very cute moment. It's very cute. It's, it's actually pretty cute that Batman was able to take care of uh, Selena Kyle's cat. But Selena Kyle's still alive. Like she's still alive. And also, also, yeah. while I'm on the subject of Catwoman. Do you think Tim Burton would have done a better job directing a Catwoman movie than the Halle Berry Catwoman movie? Like, what do you think? Dude, anything is better than that. That movie. Like, dude, Halle Berry won the Razzle Award for Worst Actress that the year. Razzie, Razzie award, the Razzie Award. <laughs> Razzie, sorry, not Razzle. The Razzie <laughs> Award for Worst <laughs> Actress or something. Yeah, and I think she wore that like a badge. I, but anyway, dude, that is a movie I will never watch. I know what happens. It is mm -hmm. the worst. Like I feel like anyone could have done a better job than that. I agree because not only did Batman Returns set up for a third oh. Batman movie, but also the a, a possible Catwoman movie. Like, here's the thing: I would take a Tim Burton Catwoman movie any day 
over uh, Halle, the Halle Berry move. Go over the Halle Berry. Now, look, I love Halle Berry. I really do. I love her as an actress, but where the studio went with that movie, damn, man. Like, they they did her dirt. Like, they really did her dirty in that movie. Like, and, it's not her, it's not because they cast her. It's just they, they gave her crap to work with. You know, you, you know, yeah. like, I mean, it's I feel not like she would have been good fault. if they had given her good material to work with. Yeah, but it's not her fault. It's not her fault, but it's not, oh, yeah, it's not, it's not her fault. Like, yeah, um, but yeah. I, I'm on your side 100%. Like, I will take, I would have taken. A Sam Burton directed Catwoman movie with Michelle Pfeiffer. I would have picked that instantly. Now, look, here's the thing. Tim's movies are dark. Yes. Do they get too dark sometimes? Sure. sure. Yeah. But I know a lot of people complained about Tim Burton's Batman Returns being too dark. Now, look, when it comes to Tim's um, list of films that he has done, are all of them pretty dark? Yes. Sometimes too dark? Possibly. But you can't deny the fact all of his all of his films are amazing in their own way. They're watchable. Like I'll watch any of his movies or projects any day of the week. He always makes good content, most of the time, anyway. So, like, yes, I would have picked a Michelle Pfeiffer Tim Burton movie. Mm-hmm. I would have picked that any day of the week because I love Tim's stuff. So, yeah. absolutely, I would have picked that. Yeah, it it would have been it would have been cool it would have been cool it would have been cool too, and but it's it's a real shame too. And like I said, I love Halle Berry for what she was given, um, and like I said, it's not her fault. It's just it's for what. Oh Halle- no. Yeah. What'd you say? Like, if you want to see like what range she has, I recommend you watch her performance in John Wick Three. Like she was one of the best parts about John Wick three. I seen John in my Wick opinion, and I seen John Wick three, and I wish she was in there a little more. But for what she was given in that, in oh that me movie, too. Yeah, she was good for the time that she was given. Knocked it out of the ballpark. Amazing, yeah. amazing addition to that movie. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. But, uh, but overall, I you know I need to rewatch Batman Returns. Like I haven't, dude. I haven't watched the Tim Burton movies in years. It's been a while. Like I I I need to rewatch them again. Yeah, and I think the closest and the closest that we got to like getting the nostalgia of the of the Tim Burton Batman movies was obviously the Flash, and because Michael Keaton did a fantastic job despite yeah. the film. Despite that film being uh, getting in trouble, but uh, but I mm-hmm. but man, even now, even over thirty years later, I still think uh, Batman Returns is a good film. It's just it's just a film that is that hasn't been talked about. It, it just it's not a film that has been talked about a lot because a lot of people would re- would really point out the bad stuff rather than the good stuff. There's a lot of good stuff in Batman Returns. There's a lot of good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I, I mean, that's a perfect thing to say because I think everybody was focusing way too much on the negative side of things and not the good. I mean, like people, Batman 1989 was filled to the brim with dark moments, but it had a lot of good stuff in it too. Same yeah. with this one. 
So I don't understand, you know, like why people focus so much on the bad parts. Yeah. And, and, and and I want to go back to what I said, to what I said about how this film, there was a lot more in this film compared to the first, first film. There was a lot more, there was a little more action. Plus yeah, you had two villains. That's a lot. That's a little more compared. Well, unless you count uh, Christopher Walken's um, Shrek, but not the, not Mike Myers Shrek. This is a Max Shrek. But um, like there were there were a few more. There were there were a little more villains in that movie. The tone was a little darker. There was a, there was a darker tone. Bruce Wayne, Selena, Selena Kyle. Heck, I mean they even referenced Vicky Vale at one point. Oh, do they? Yeah, it was like during the scene where uh Bruce and Alfred they were going down to the back cave to like uh hijack uh paint the Oswald's uh um uh, mayor electoral speech. Like they name he name drops uh Vicky ba- he name drops Vicky Bell. It's like, oh, oh like remember Vicky Bell? Like he when he shows up to the back cave, oh hi Vicky, come on in. Yeah, I always like that part where like Alfred just straight up blows his cover. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, Alfred is just like I mean, oh man, Alfred! I oh my goodness, Alfred! Like Alfred, it's like, do you think Alfred's the best butler? I'm glad we're talking about this. We we needed to give him a mention. Um, yes. but I still think the best Alfred, in my opinion, was Michael Caine. Okay. In the Dark Knight trilogy, like I think he's the best live action Alfred. I loved him in those. The Alfred in the Tim Burton films, I liked him a lot. I really do. Um, and he was also he also played Alfred in Batman Forever, yeah, and Batman and Robin. Oh my goodness, as well. Yeah. Um, and I'm great to have a second. I also love Max Universe Tim Burton's Alfred. Yeah, Tim Burton's Alfred is still good. Like I like Tim Burton's Alfred, but um, there. I mean, you had uh Jeremy Irons' uh Alfred in um the DC Extended Universe with Zack Snyder, Michael Caine, obviously Michael Caine. Then you also had um, you also had uh, Andy Serkis Alfred, but uh, there was also another Alfred from the early Batman from the Adam West Batman show as well, but um. Yeah, but to give Alfred, let's give, I want to give Alfred some credit because even even though he was in this, he was just only there to be uh, Batman's uh, butler. He still, he still, he was, he was still a big help. He was able to help track down the pen. He was able to help Batman track down the pe- penguin during the final during the final battle. He was able to help Bruce during this whole presidential, um, not presidential, mayor elect mayor electoral speech, plus. He set up the Christmas tree. He was able to, you know, uh, cover for not only Bruce, but also Selena Kyle as well. And then um, serve Batman this uh, this soup that turns out to be cold. And then healing and then bringing down some ointment after Batman's first fight with Catwoman. Right. And he cared for Bruce Wayne during yeah, his, I his totally entire agree. life. Yeah, I thought he did a really good job. Um, and what's really crazy is that, um, Michael Keaton was, was his age when they filmed the Flash movie. Yes. Which I thought was, you know, it's kind of a crazy little, you know, passage of time. Like the actor who played Alfred was 
the age Keaton is now when he played Alfred in 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 the in the first two Tim Burton movies. Exactly. But there's yeah. a little like comparison for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, yeah, like, I would definitely think of that too. Like, oh man, can you imagine Alfred in the Batman suit? No, no, I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, all right. that's all right. Okay, that's all right. But um, other than that, like, I I know I mentioned a lot of Christmas represents, but I do like the Christmas theme overall in this movie too like the, 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 the oh the yeah yeah that, I, I like it too like yeah i think it's pretty good yeah i mean like even for a film it's like it's like you have two different like this is like i mean here's the thing this this movie came out after um a couple of years after die hard and because die hard is an action film but it's also a christmas movie too same with batman returns it's a superhero movie but it's also a christmas movie even iron man 3 and shazam they're 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 both superhero movies, but they're also Christmas movies as well because of the Christmas setting, and and I do like that Christmas setting in Gotham City. Like it's snow, it's literally snowing, and it's just basically around probably and it's basically around not only the busiest time of the year, but one of the most wonderful times of the year. Yeah, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Yep. Yep. Oh, I wonder if this was the idea to write this little jingle for. For DC, Jingle Bells, Batman Smells, Superman Flies Away. Mm, yeah, classic. <laughs> uh, imagine that. Imagine the. Imagine DC having their own Jingle Bells with for for their characters. <laughs> yeah, makes you wonder the creative liberties. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but other but... than that, uh, I think I think we covered a lot, don't you think, Christian? Do you think we covered it a lot? Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think we covered it a lot. Um, I think it was pretty cool that, um, I mean the sim, I mean the simple fact that we're trying to draw more attention to this movie, I think, is a really good thing because I don't think this movie gets talked about enough, in my opinion. So, given the opportunity to really dive into it a little bit and give it some more recognition, is a victory in my books. I say so. I I would agree with that too, because uh, I was watching it. The I was watching it the other day. And I'm just like, oh, I I realized like, yeah, this movie, yeah, yeah. There are moments in this where it's goofy, messed up, dark, and oftentimes, and and of course, fun. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, but at the same time, like, I'm just surprised that it hasn't been talked about as much. Like the Batman movies, you're you're gonna hear people talking about is obviously the Dark Knight. The 1989 original, and then, uh, and then of course, um, and then of course the Robert Pattinson Batman, but for, uh, and then, <laughs> and then uh, maybe, maybe Batman and Robin. If uh, I mean maybe Batman and Robin for like, uh, uh if you know what I'm talking. Well, I think people talk about that one for just for how bad it is. <laughs> yeah. But I think that one. But I think that. But I think that movie is going to be another. Uh, I think that movie is going to be another topic for another day. Yeah, definitely. Same I got to be that, in a certain mood to talk about that one. <laughs> yeah, same with Batman. Same with Batman Forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, definitely. But but other than that, uh, Batman Returns, like, 
I, I still see it as a uh, good follow-up. A, um, I want to say sleeper hit too, because it, it's fall asleep on. It's it's basically yeah. it's basically a sleeper hit in my opinion, but um, but I still enjoy it. I still enjoy Batman Returns. I think Batman Returns is a pretty good Christmas movie too. Not 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 one of the greatest Christmas movies, but like, but as a good, but as a decent good Christmas film to watch. Especially for the superhero genre as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you one hundred percent. I think the movie, I think it's gotten, I think it's great, and, and I've liked it as I've gotten older. And I'll definitely will have to rewatch it again soon. But I think it's really slept on a lot as well. I think it's a lot better than what people made it out to be. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to get more love as the years go on. I think it's getting more love now than it's ever had before. So, yeah. and Michael so that's Keenan, good. And Michael Keenan, like, he's still being talked about. To he's still being talked about. It's like, ever since the Flash movie came out, like everybody's already everybody's on the bandwagon for how great Michael Keenan is as as Batman. Like, like oh yeah absolutely there's no doubt in my mind i always thought he was he was a great batman yeah i like all the cast cast members did a fantastic job with this with batman returns danny devito michelle pfeiffer i thought those two did a fantastic job christopher walken did pretty good did pretty good too like he he was he was a good he was a good antagonist as well especially especially for Mm -hmm. that uh crazy ending that he had with uh catwoman how about a little kiss santa claus yeah, what an epic last line to go out on. <laughs> and then, but I'm surprised um, that Commissioner Gordon was not in the movie. Everybody, no, he was not. I mean, that's one of the things about Tim's movies, and along with Forever and Batman and Robin, is like they they don't give Jim anything to do with in these movies, like at yeah. all. Like I feel like he was in the movie. He was in he was in the first movie a little more than the second movie. In my opinion. Oh yeah, without a doubt, he had way more screen time. In my opinion, the first movie. Yeah, but I like I like Alfred Alfred the guy who played uh, Michael Goff. I believe that's his name. Michael Goff did very good as Alfred. And um, yep, and everybody else, everybody else did a fantastic job in that movie too. Tim Burton, Danny Elfman, love their collaboration on the on the first oh, yeah. two Batman movies. And I will say this, like. If they actually went with the aliens route, I feel like this was a good closure for the Tim Burton movies. Like, I know Batman Forever is okay, but I feel like it. I feel like this. I feel like to me because I listened to your Aliens podcast, where um, Aliens was a true closure to the Alien franchise, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, as far as I'm concerned. In the Alien storyline, there's only two movies, Alien and Aliens. Like, and that's it. I mean, there's nothing else to be told. Like, three ruined everything that wanted to build, and then four just did irreparable damage. As far as I'm concerned, it's just one, two, done. Heck, the Terminator franchise, that's that's how I feel about it, too. In the Terminator franchise, it's just Terminators one and two, done. Yeah. And I mean, I feel the same thing with I feel the same thing with the uh, Tim Burton Batman movies. Like they could have just ended right there. They could have just like ended right there, and then you get your um, uh, Catwoman spinoff, and that's basically it. But but no, we got three and four. Like I said, like Batman Forever is okay, still okay. Batman Four, 
Uh, that's another story. That's another story for another day. That's another. That's a whole nother recording right yeah. there. I will say this: like that's it. That's pretty much it on uh, Batman Returns. And Christian, I'm going to say this: I am glad that you and I were able to talk about um, another Batman movie for 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 another episode. Yeah, Mark, look, I am always down to talk about Batman. I'm always I'm always ready to talk about Batman. Yeah. And I and personally I want to thank you for inviting me on for yet another episode. It's always a pleasure to collab with you and I, I love getting a chat with you and do recordings with you. So thanks for the invite. Yeah, you're welcome. And uh this is like our second Tim Burton Batman movie that we have ever talked about. Because we yep. talked about the the original back at back at school. Yes, we did. Oh, that was that yeah. was that one. That one was a good. That one was a good. That one was a good one. But that yeah, that was, was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. But um, yeah. But anyway, I say this is a good. This is a basically a wrap on. Uh, this is basically a wrap on this episode. I mean, Christian, again, thank you so much for uh, for making an appearance on the show. Yeah, no problem. It's it. No problem, Mark. And to everybody um, watching this episode, I wish you all happy holidays, and I hope you have an amazing Christmas with your families. Yep. So anyway, that's a wrap on this episode. Thank you all for tuning in to Kodo Cinema. I'm your host, Mark Kodo, a.k.a. Kodo Man. And I'm Christian Taylor. Remember to watch movies and stay positive. <laughs>